We have a reading we'll do together. It says responsive reading, but let's make it a unison reading. We'll just read the whole thing together. It's short. It's number 600. It's called The Space Within, an old piece by Lao Tzu. Thirty spokes share the wheel's hub. It is the center hole that makes it useful. Shape clay into a vessel. It is the space within that makes it useful. Cut doors and windows for a room. It is the holes that make it useful. Therefore, profit comes from what is there, usefulness from what is not there. Our reading today is by Kathleen Norris. It's an excerpt from The Cloister Walk. Worship is not, in the words of Margaret Miles, primarily a gathering of the like-minded, but a gathering of people to be with one another in the acknowledgement that human existence originates in and is drawn toward love. Even when I find church boring, I try to hold this in mind as a possibility, like all the other fools who drag themselves to church on Sunday morning, including the pastor. I am there because I need to be reminded that love can be at the center of all things if we will only keep it there. Let the way of the heart, let the way of the heart, let the way of the heart shine through. When I was a kid in Decatur, Illinois, in the Eisenhower era, now and then, not regularly at all, on a Sunday morning, Mom would gather up my brother and me, and we'd drive five miles to town for the 9 a.m. service at Grace Methodist Church, a brick church on Main Street. We'd park and walk really fast until we got to the red doors and opened them and went inside. Suddenly, we were standing 
on that slightly worn red carpet in a place smelling of stained wood and sheet music and coat closets, a place where the air in the rooms was warm and lit up with purpose. We'd walk past the parlor and the library and down a hallway of shiny paneled doors. And I knew, I believed that the people behind the doors were nice people, people who would help you if you got lost trying to find your way back from that little bathroom under the stairs. We'd be on the verge of late, so we would go up the narrow staircase at the far end of the sanctuary, make a sharp turn on the little square landing, and end up in the balcony where we would sit at the end of a pew and rustle around and then join in with the others, sitting or standing as the organ gave us cues. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. We sang the doxology. Praise him all people here below. Way across the the sanctuary space, we would see the rose window, like a great stained glass mandela, and below it the choir, seated on the chancel in their red robes and satiny white stoles. On the hymns, my brother and I would haul ourselves to our feet, and Mom could hardly sustain our own weight, and Mom would slide her finger across the page to show us which words were being sung. There were no crayons in those pews, and not much to do once I had gone through mom's makeup case once or twice. (laughs) When we got to the time when Pastor Vernie would stand and start his homily in that simple down-to-earth tone that said, friends, we all know how life is, so here's the deal. (laughs) Mom might look around for something to occupy us, And I don't have a lot of specific memories, but I do recall one time when Mom leaned over to me and she pointed out one of the light fixtures hanging from the ceiling and she said, do you see that light? She pointed to one of the sanctuary lamps that were suspended, not so far from us because we were in the balcony. They were lamps much like these ones we have up here, long cylinders with black metal frames or dark metal frames. But at Grace Methodist, the cylinders, I think, were long hexagonals, and uh, the frames had more scallops and curlicues. Mom pointed to the closest lamp and whispered, do you see the fancy shape that black frame makes? Yes, I did. Well, I wonder if you can find another shape in the lamp. The light part has a shape, too. It's the shape inside the black part. It's called the negative shape, and it's a shape you have to look hard to see. Well, that was a fun game. So I tried, and sure enough, I saw the light part of the lamp had a shape I could trace with my eyes, and I could try to hold it. If I tried, I could see the shape of the part of the lamp that wasn't there. Thirty spokes share the wheel's hub. It is the center hole that makes it useful. Shape clay into a vessel. It is the space within that makes it useful. So I sat playing with that 
going back and forth between the two nested shapes, the frame and the absence of frame, the shape of what was there and the shape of what was not there, but which made the whole thing useful, the light. This is a long shot, I know, but I like to think that as I held them both together that day, the visible and the invisible, I got a glimpse of a bigger idea. Maybe just the dawning of an inkling of the possibility that all the trappings of that church, the pews, the robes, the organ, the hymn books, the pulpit, the doors, the stairs, were something like the frame of that fancy hanging lamp. And it was something in the space that we held and the space that held us that really mattered. Possibly it was the invisible, untouchable something in and around and among us in that hour that made the place useful. And it was why the whole setup existed. What are we doing in this place on Sunday morning? Worship teaches us things, but worship isn't a classroom. Worship gets us together with people we love and enjoy, but worship isn't a social event. Worship includes stirring music, but worship isn't a concert. Worship helps us get our personal act together, but worship isn't therapy. Worship focuses our justice energy and motivates us to build a Habitat house or get out the vote or go to D.C. and protest the tar sands oil pipeline. I am with those protesters in spirit today. Worship motivates us to act, but worship isn't a rally. What's this about all of us showing up at a certain time and sitting in the pews and lighting the chalice and collecting the offering and hearing words from the pulpit and singing together. What makes us a church? Like all the fools who have dragged themselves to church on Sunday morning, says Kathleen Norris, including the pastor, I am there because I need to be reminded that love can be at the center of all things if we will only keep it there. Norris names it love she says worship reminds us that love's at the center and love wins. Love wins. Love's one word for it. Love, the holy, the creative source, the core, the most deeply human thing. Whatever name we give it, I believe it's what the kids at St. Joe's discover with Ruth and Joan when they find within that reliable container the 12-bar blues form, a freedom that soars, a joy brand new, a genius that comes from tapping a creative source beyond their conditioning that says when you're feeling down, you can turn around. Whatever name we give it, I believe it's what Ralph Krogh says. He feels, he told me this week, he feels when he walks into this empty sanctuary on a weekday what centers him and what nourishes him about this space. Something about the lingering vibrations of all the gatherings held in this space, you know, for close to 100 years now. Let's guess 100 times a year for 100 years. 
That's 10,000 gatherings of humans showing up and reaching into their souls to create the blues together. Return, return to the deep sources, wrote May Sarton. Nothing less will teach the stiff hands a new way to serve. Return to the most human. Nothing less will help the torn spirit, the bewildered heart, to accept the whole of its duress and at last act for love. The echoes of 10,000 human blues sessions are still in these walls, in the floor, in the air. Whatever name we give it, the love, the holy, the spirit of life, I believe it's what I see when I look at you sitting in the pews. You come into this sanctuary trailing clouds of glory. I mean, you bring with you your complex histories, your passions, your pains, your breathtaking gifts, along with today's hopes and tears. We see your bodies sitting in the pews, but the other shape around you, the shape of what's invisible, that's what we want to make room for, too. That's what we want to make space for each Sunday with our words and our chalice and our standing and our sitting and our holding hands and our singing with mouths wide open. The worship hour is our chance to practice remembering. It's our 12-bar blues form meant to free us and coax us to sing out the praise we're betting our lives on. It's the spokes and hub of the wheel that carries us back to ourselves it's the sturdy frame of the light by which we see each other. Last week, Reverend Justin Schroeder urged us, be a lamp, he said. We know what he meant. He meant kindle the flame, let the love out, let the way of the heart shine through. So be it, amen. <laughs>